This is Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, Canada's national source for the latest agronomic research, crop production, and technology trends. You've tuned in to hear conversations about relevant research, best production practices, and everything in between. This series of Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, is sponsored by Economics. To quickly make sense of today's crop nutrition research and maximize your return on investment, visit nutrient-economics.com. That's economics with a K. Hi, welcome to this new episode of Inputs. My name is Alex Bernard, and I'm here today with Laura Schmidt, who is a production specialist with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. Welcome, Laura. How are you doing? Good. Thanks so much for having me, Alex. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. So overall, how would you say the 2020 season in soybeans went in Manitoba? Generally speaking, it was a pretty good year for soybeans. We had much better moisture this year, leading to a really strong crop that yielded quite well. There wasn't much for IDC and hardly any soybean aphids popped up this year, but there was still our fair share of challenges to soybeans. But overall, none of them really seemed to impact yield too strongly. This year, we even spotted four bean pods, which is something we haven't really seen here in Manitoba with our previous dry years. So I guess I'll just kick off with a little bit of a snapshot of what our growing season looked like here in Manitoba. Perfect. So this spring, we had high soil moisture carryover from the previous fall, with some crops still needing to be harvested. Fields that were off last fall still had plenty of ruts and compaction to deal with as well. And this led to some concerns for us about getting in some of that field preparation ahead of soybeans. Added to this was a really cold, slow start this spring, which delayed planting dates across a lot of Manitoba. Some soybeans were able to make it in in the second and third weeks of May while it was still chilly, but most ended up going in late May or early June. Some ended up against that MASC seeding deadline and ultimately ended up being switched to other crops. So quite a few acres here in western Manitoba destined for soybeans changed to other crops as a result of some of those factors there. Crop emergence itself had challenges as well. We saw quite a bit of soil crusting where these soybean seedlings would try to push up through the soil but hit this wall of crusted soil. Um, so this led to some stressed seedlings with yellow swollen hypocotyls and cro- crooked growth from trying to grow around some of those soil clods. And we also had a really windy spring. So we saw quite a bit of wind damage or sandblasting to these young seedlings. And these high winds that persisted throughout uh, May and June there also created quite a bit of challenges with getting in for some timely herbicide applications for weed control. Cutworms were an issue in many crops, not just soybeans here. Some were sprayed in the central region, uh, but overall they did push through. June brought the extremes of moisture to Manitoba. So first we had a large storm drop buckets on southeastern Manitoba, and then another storm came in and hit midwestern Manitoba later in the month. There was quite a bit of flooding in those regions, but soybeans have this really great ability to tolerate some of that excess moisture, and those that weren't completely drowned out were able to bounce back quite readily and turn that water into more crop growth. But areas outside of those two large storm systems in June remained quite dry, with soybeans showing flip leaves and other signs of some drought stress there in other parts of the province. And then moving through the growing season, we had an early killing frost hit western Manitoba on September 8th, followed by a lighter frost in the eastern and central regions. So some soybeans in the west were still filling pods when this frost hit. Percent greens were higher for those fields as they were harvested. 
Some were harvested in stages to separate the quality of more mature areas versus those hit harder by the frost, and some were put into storage anticipating a little bit of color change in the mint. But overall, that moved into a really quick harvest for us this year, thanks to some minimal weather delays. Overall yields averaged probably around 35 to 45 bushel per acre with some really good quality, excluding some of those that were hit by that frost. It sounds like it was an eventful year, but it sounds like things ended up fairly okay for a lot of farmers. Yeah, just that better moisture really ended up leading to a nice strong soybean crop this year. So they really pushed through a lot of those stressors that they were up against. It seemed like it was a heavy bug year in Ontario, but I didn't hear nearly as much on the prairies, but I did hear a lot about the soil crusting and the moisture. Mm-hmm. Insect-wise for us here in Manitoba, you know, it was, it was kind of quiet. I'm happy to report that we hardly <laughs> spotted any soybean aphids. And those populations of soybean aphid that we did have never reached economic thresholds. Grasshoppers probably would have been our chief insect concern across Manitoba this year. Some fields were sprayed in almost every region, but they were sprayed on a kind of case-by-case basis since populations varied so much along with um, whether or not the beneficial insects were there in the field. But uh, for us, I think the grasshoppers were mostly a concern because soybeans are staying greener longer than our other crops as they're maturing and harvested. And as the ditches get hayed, the grasshoppers will start to move into those still green soybeans. Right. And you did mention cutworms. Did they reach economic thresholds or were they just a a pest? In some fields, that was also a case-by-case. For spraying, I mostly heard of that kind of in the central region of the province. I did see them in quite a few fields, but just kind of a couple plants clipped here and there in a lot of the ones I was scouting. If this were to happen next year, like if growers were to have a significant amount of greens in their fields, what would you recommend that they do? Well, first of all, I think we want to take a critical look at what varieties we're growing in our regions and make sure that we're selecting varieties that will mature within our average frost-free period. So the first step is going to come down to your variety selection, that's for sure. So we have a map available in our Pulse and Soybean Variety Guide that we put out every year. And this map is the zones, maturity zones we would expect for soybeans to mature within the frost-free period within a given amount of days per region. And then the varieties will fit into these based on their average relative days to maturity. So you can grow shorter season variety than that zone is going to indicate, but growing longer season varieties in here, you'll run that risk of hitting that frost. So the last couple of years, we haven't really had that early frost. So I think some folks are maybe towing towards a variety that might be a little bit too long for their growing season window and they just got hit by it this year. So there was a kind of combination of factors there. So we had that cold slow start in the spring. So these planting dates were already pushed later but then we had this early fall frost come in and it really tightened up our growing season window for soybeans. So it's a good reminder for us here especially as we're at the point in the year where people are booking seed and planning for next year. Let's take a look at our maturity zones and let's match our variety selection within that zone of average frost-free days. So that would probably be the first one. And then if you're able to get in with timely soybean seeding dates, hitting that second and third week of May there, you should hopefully be outside of that frost window. And I imagine not having the harvest linger on into the next season will hopefully help next spring. Yeah, being able to get a lot of field preparation done this fall has definitely been very helpful to farmers out here. 
So a lot of those fall fertilizer applications or just picking stones, kind of stuff like that. We had a lot of time to do that this fall, which is really nice. So let's talk diseases. What specific diseases were seen and what was the impact? So disease-wise, root rots and stem diseases seem to be lower in incidence and severity this year, which is great news. We did spot several of the usual suspects in our annual disease survey, including septoria brown spot, downy mildew, and stem canker. But I would say that bacterial blight was more common this year due to those early season storms we had. So leaf tearing and damage from hail or strong winds or rain created these wounds for bacterial blight to colonize. And it definitely, the disease definitely took advantage of that this year, and we saw quite a bit more of it. That makes sense. They have to have the wound to get in, don't they? Yeah, and it kind of seems to almost run with stem canker too. You get a little bit of damage to the stem and it just takes advantage of it. So what would you say the biggest challenges were for soybean growers this season? Okay, biggest challenge, I would say for some here in western Manitoba, was that combination of slow cold start in the spring with that early fall frost tightening up the growing season window. In the central and eastern parts of the province, they got away with it because their soybeans were closer to R7 and R8. They were physiological mature, so the frost had a minimal impact. But other challenges I would comment on was that it was pretty dry in a couple areas of the, after the taps turned off. So the inner lake is one of those where it's still pretty dry, and we're heading into next season with quite a bit less moisture in the soil bank. And another one of those challenges was grasshoppers, since those soybeans were staying greener longer. But other than that frost, these challenges seem to have a pretty minimal impact on the crops since we've been hearing really great yield turnouts. Do you have any tips or advice that you give to either folks who are thinking about growing soybeans for the first time next year or even for veterans? Well, I'd say a big one is no two years are the same and moisture is going to swing quite a bit here in Manitoba. So for those that were dry, there's no guarantee that we'll have another very dry year. A big one would be start your soybeans off right this spring. So take some time this winter, check up on the latest research for your area. We just put out our soybean variety selection guide. So that has the data from the variety trials across the province. So take some time to look at that. Select varieties suitable for your growing season window as well. For new growers, and if you're just looking for a refresher, we have plenty of resources available on our website at manitobapulse.ca. So like I said, most recently available is this 2020 Soybean Variety Evaluation Guide. It's independent, unbiased assessment of these different varieties in both Eastern and Western Manitoba. So that's right up on our homepage right now. But if you visit the production tab at manitobapulse.ca, you'll find resources, overall production guides, and our agronomy newsletter, The Bean Report. And if you visit the on-farm network tab, you'll find a database home to the results of nine years of on-farm testing of products and practices like seed treatment, inoculation, seeding rates, fungicides, and more. So it's just a hub of different products and practices that have been tested on farms in Manitoba. And you can see the results for yourself and find those that are closest to you in the region. Or you can sign up yourself and do an on-farm test. Regional differences can mean a lot with a crop that has such a tight growing season as this. So it is important to, to have local data as well as data from within Manitoba. Definitely. And that's one of the foundational pillars of this on-farm network is we test all these things in small plot research at a couple sites in Manitoba in many cases, but there's still that gap between something that's done in a small plot at a few sites in Manitoba to actually something that's applicable to your farm. So we're using the on-farm network as this bridge between the two. So let's take the results of the small plot research 
and let's apply it on a farm scale and see how this works within our production practices for a given farmer. That's awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, here at MPSG, we're missing our in-person meetings this winter, but we're still happy to engage with farmers and agronomists over the phone or through the internet. So please feel free to reach out. Stay safe this winter and best of luck next growing season. Perfect. Thank you so much, Laura. No problem. Thanks for tuning in to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. To catch up on all of our other episodes, visit topcropmanager.com slash podcasts.